Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm joined this week by one of my best Keyforge friends, Zach Armstrong from KPR. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Hi, Sydney. I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be here. Longtime listeners will be used to me coming and moonlighting over here uh, every <laughs> every few months, every few weeks, whatever it has ended up being. So oh my happy gosh. to be back. We love having you. It is always a fantastic episode when you're here. And um, I'm really excited you're here because uh, you've recently gotten your hands on a Grim Reminders deck. And today we're going to be talking about Grim Reminders predictions and kind of like wild, crazy, like what we think about what might happen based on the like like narrow amount of knowledge that we have. And especially because we're we're at this point, probably a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months out from getting our hands on on mass amounts of these and the community getting their whole hands on them. So I'm just excited to to make some crazy predictions and see if they come true. Oh yeah, for sure. I love I love all the comboing in this set and there's uh, there's more key cheats this set. Uh, Amber Meadies uh, over on YouTube put together a little key cheats in, in Grim Reminders video. So go check that out because I think those are going to be a lot of the outs for all the little combos. Oh, totally. Grim Reminders. Yeah. I, I love sure. key cheats and I love, I love that key cheats just give a completely different way to win the game. Like when key cheats aren't as readily available, there's a lot of focus on getting to that third key in your forge a key step. But because mm-hmm. key cheats are there, you have to actually look to stop your opponent from meeting so many different criteria other than getting to their forge key step with six amber oh absolutely yeah key cheats key cheats change the game when they're present for sure i remember having to learning the hard way about counting uh untamed creatures in play and call it the archons when uh when key charge was around you know play lose one amber forge a key at current cost and showed hazard had the the same text but on the creature and mm-hmm. i lost a few games to just not counting that they could just reap with a few oh. untamed creatures and then and then forged there. That was in my earlier days of learning keyboards <laughs> and figuring out what their win condition was and then trying to <laughs> Oh I, I feel you. So there's a card that is a key cheat in Geistoid called Ectocharge, and it has an amber pip, and it says, play, forge a key at plus 20 current cost, reduced by one amber for each card in your discard pile. If you do, purge Ectocharge. So I feel like Amongst so many other things, reasons that you are counting how many cards are in your opponent's discard pile, you basically have to be aware every single turn because yep. if they have that in their hand, <laughs> it, it just literally is a free key. If they're like, if you can affect what's in their discard pile or how many cards are in their discard pile, like like fighting into their creatures to to make it be bigger or make them flip or I don't know, like that is going to be a reason to count their discard pile every single turn. Yeah, absolutely. And well, we'll see how silly it gets because one, this is a common. So you're going to see it in plenty of Geistoid decks. For and sure. And two, its main combo piece, Boo, the co- is also common, which yes. has an amber pip. So that's that's a pip that's getting you towards that extra charge key that you want to cheat out. And then right. Boo's uh, play effect is discard the top 10 cards of a player's deck. So I have seen... Like if you get if you have this combo in hand or two of two boos on turn, even like three when there's a few right. cards in the discard pile, you can just forge for free really, really easily. And I know some people uh, at KFC opened boo ecto charge decks that uh, what the, should that nickname be? Boo 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 boo, boo ecto charge. Go boo boo charge boo charge boo charge. <laughs> Trying to find <laughs> a relationship name. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, listeners, if you have a better combo name for that, let us know. Uh, but I know people had decks with, uh, you know, multiple boo in there and Ecto Charge, and they were forging Ecto Charge key every game. Like it was just consistent. That's uh, crazy. Part of it also being because of, uh, just because of archiving cards like uh, in here somewhere, if you're haunted, archive two cards from your discard pile. I believe, totally. uh, I believe Mehmet is uh, one as well. It's just the top card of your, your discard pile. And so it's not going to take too much work to actually get recursion and consistency with this trick. Absolutely. And so once you're haunted, you have 10 cards in your discard pile and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of easy to like at some point know you have more than 10 or even if you come up with a way to track that really easily. I know uh, June was putting a, a different card like- Like a bookmark. Yeah, like a bookmark sideways at 10 cards. And so- A bookmark. You- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love that so much. Um, and so yeah, putting a card sideways so that like, you know, like at any point, if you're above that, you don't even need to think or count. But extra right. charges is a reason to count- and so right like, beyond 10. Yeah, right. And so there is a, a level of the second that I see that is in your 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 Archon card, like it is a constant addition to the brain work needed. So many of those cards in your deck and you just you, you might as well not even have the bookmark, the bookmark. Yep. <laughs> the bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then gosh, Holiday Festival, discard the top five cards uh, of your deck right with an amber pip so there's a lot of accelerant towards uh towards oh yeah and i know here. the lassophobia is back in um unfathomable where the mm. just discard the top 10 cards uh from that, your opponent's deck that's your opponent's deck though yeah and that's pr- probably still in the rare slot since it was so it was so wacky in the, the previous sets here so what three houses do you think were the most picked from the GameFound campaign? Because I absolutely foresee, even though they were not in my own, I foresee Geistoid being up there. But what what other two do you think? Oh, wow. I think, uh, well, I think Geistoid is going to be huge because it's the new house. And seemingly it has some competitively consistent uh, ecto-charge payoff. And so mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of like Legionary Trainer and Scholar got late in in the, the, the metagame at like Vault Tours and Worlds and stuff where sure. people start to really dig into its strength. And with Legionary Trainer being a common, it wasn't, uh, it was a pretty accessible to, uh, to put together. Right. To put together. So I think it's going to be Geistoid. I think it's going to be Untamed, especially because there are things like, they, they have some pretty interesting discard pile efficiency stuff like Invigorating Shower. Yeah. And uh, there's some scaling amber stuff that's a little tougher to pull off. Uh, but of course, they have Spooky Charge, um, which is if you are haunted, forge a key at current cost, shuffle your discard pile into your deck. So it takes away the haunted effect, uh, but you don't need an extra amber for it. Sure. Which is, which is really powerful. So you can forge right at you can forge right at six. So I'm thinking Geistoid, Untamed. Um, I think I think third is going to be a little bit further behind. Uh, Equidon has been a has been really attractive previously, and they do still have generous offer. Sure. Uh, Brobnar is looking to be still appropriately in charge of the board, and was so fun mm-hmm. last time. I think some people will pick that, and they have might makes right coming back, which is exciting. Um, 
I'm I'm all in for yeah. Mars. I I Mars is in uh, some of the decks. Key abductions back. <laughs> yeah, ex- right. Key exactly. Abductions back. Yeah. Like there there has to be there has to be a way to make Mars like dominant again. Like I'm just mm-hmm. I want it to be the house that everybody wants in their deck. Like Geistoid be damned. But um, yep. it's it's gonna be <laughs> a it's a really easy to see that Unfathomable has kind of lost some of its edge because they've took out some of the like the really powerful cards and and just didn't reprint them so Mm -hmm. i think that uh unfathomable like it had its heyday in woe like it went from like great in dt to like the best it was gonna be in woe and then they were like all right right. let's like slow our roll a little bit in uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) reminders yeah yeah, for sure. They they are certainly trying to find that balance where uh, what what is the fun version? What is the fun version of Unfathomable with all of their exhausting and, and, and bouncing? So so yeah, it's exciting. New mechanic in Grim Reminders the the discard pip, and right. I want to I, I want to throw some stats out there right now because uh, I accidentally just found this out by being on, I'm on Archon Arcana and I am looking at the, um, the Grim Reminders cards. And if I type in the card text, I'm looking for the word discard. Guess how many cards have the word discard in their card text in the Grim Reminder set? Oh my gosh. Uh, minimum 40. Am I too high? 140. 143 <laughs> have the wow. word, the card text discard in on their card. And just for reference, like if I, if I look at the call of the archons, Coda had 37 with the word discard. AOA had 42 worlds collide wow. 39. Like it, uh, it is without a doubt the new mechanic and not just the pip because the actual actions, the creatures, they are telling you to discard cards. Yeah, and probably referring to the discard pile. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. So is this for a mechanic sure. you can see yourself getting getting into? Is this your, a mechanic you can see yourself embracing? I uh, The discard pips, absolutely. So I was uh, I was gifted a, a Grim Reminders deck by a teammate of yours, Jared, uh, J.K. Hops. Yeah. And it has a number of discard enhancement pips in it. And something that's really fun is looking for all of the little combos in the deck that Ooh. are only made possible because of the discard pips. So, and there's one actually really cool example. So this deck has some actually from hand immediate artifact removal, but if you have two two specific cards in hand, because there's a uh, bonded auctioneer, which has after reap uh, destroy an artifact, it's controller, uh, its controller gains one, uh, but that's after reap. So it has to, you know, be in turn, it has to ready, then it has to reap to blow that up. But sure. the bonded auctioneer has a discard pip on it. And I have Staff Sergeant Ray in the deck and Staff Sergeant Ray has the scrap ability when the scrap abilities uh, activate when you're discarding the card from your hand during your turn. Staff Sergeant Ray has the scrap ability ready and use a friendly creature. And so bonded auctioneer, I can play bonded auctioneer and then I resolve the discard pip, discard Staff Sergeant Raid, then I ready and reap with Bonded Auctioneer, and I that's get to awesome. go ahead and blow up a, an artifact that way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. So I went through the deck after a few games at my my uh, locals. I went through the deck and laid out all the cards with the discard pips on them, and then all the cards with scrap abilities, and mm-hmm. tried to look for all the little combos uh, all the little combos that uh, I could I could try for because the Berserker Slam in here has two discard pips. So something that's really fun is I have so have a 
Uh, there's Ornar Skullface who has scrap to three <laughs> damage to a creature. And so I can Berserker Slam if I want to discard Ornar Skullface to kill a flank, tiny flank creature to then open up uh, the flank and get in at a creature, you know, that was sitting one in from the flank. Like I can, I can do that. Nice. All in one play. That's really so, cool. Yeah. It starts to cascade uh, quite a bit. I think there's going to be some really cool decks that can do things with discard pips where you're resolving scrap effects in sort of inside of that discard pip window. I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff in there. It's going to be the source of a lot of really fun, really fun moments of discovery. I completely agree. I think those, those scrap abilities are they're They're rarer than I I would have liked to see So again, Arcan Arcana, I'm looking at the Grim Reminders cards and I I type in the word scrap in the card text and Mm. there's only Mm -hmm. 36. There are only 36 cards in the whole Grim Reminder set that have a scrap ability, but Mm. very, very likely there's going to be multiples of some of these in your decks. It's possible, especially with commons, to have tons of them in your deck. So I just, I would like to see this be one of those mechanics that sticks going forward. Oh, sure. I like that. So, you know, like enhancements from MM, like they, they kept those. Like there are lots of other mechanics from different sets, like the Tide and DT that didn't make it, that like the tokens in Woe, they, they aren't, they are, are set specific. I would love to see Scrap be something that stays because I do love it so much. One of the reasons that my, my heart is not necessarily all about this discard mechanic. <laughs> uh, I was trying sure. to find a, a really nice way to say that. Um, <laughs> is is because the idea of getting rid of a card from my hand for the sake of it, like even back when when there when I had to pick from like a Yerk or something, like it was just it was still a painful decision for me. So having to do multiples of those in a game and maybe every turn, like maybe that's the point of my deck is I have to get haunted, so I'm discarding as much as possible. So I really think that the scrap mechanic kind of helps me feel better about that, mm-hmm. but also makes for fun combo potential again. Like I see, I see this whole set as combo potential. Like, is that, are Absolutely. you getting that vibe too? Oh yeah. And it's combos. It's combos across a number of different things. A scrap and the discard pips are a big part of it. And I think there's quite a number of other, um, of other combos. Like for instance, I found with, uh, Oh, let's see. Oh, Staff Sergeant Ray's uh, regular ability is that Staff Sergeant Ray's neighbors may be used as if they belonged to uh, House Star Alliance. Ooh. And and, uh, what I realized is that I had a Brobnar line with a Brick Nasty at the end, and I realized that I could keep fighting the Brobnar creatures and having them die, get the (laughs) Amber from Brick Nasty, and then the battle line would collapse in, and I would have another ready Brobnar creature right next to Staff Sergeant Ray. That's awesome. It was a really fun combo to discover just in like the middle of a turn where I was like, oh, I could fight here and get some, wait a minute, I could fight down this whole line. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, That sounds awesome. What I'm really interested in as far as uh, kind of a more competitive angle goes is what the payoff is going to be. I think most of the combos people experience it like Sealed Knight, if they're playing casually, are just going to be a ton of fun to be discovering and sequencing correctly. Um, and I'm wondering what are the competitive payoffs for combos? Like, obviously we have boo and ecto charge, which is really direct. Like what are the, what are the cards and combinations in untamed where you get a regular spooky charge activation, right? Stuff like that. Like what are yeah. they going to be the great payoffs for the combos? Because are they going to be 
as as uh, I'm gonna say this in front of you know somebody who used this archetype competitively last season, are they gonna be as unfun to play sometimes <laughs> as Marsha Generosity Key Abduction? Right. Now that being totally. said, I'm generally of the opinion that like you just have to generally have to play differently or know your matchup there and you'll mm-hmm. have a chance. Um, but uh, yeah, Martian generosity key abduction is pretty famous for the feeling of like, Oh, now you just win. Now there's some things to do there, but are the payoff combos where people combo out and win. And it's a ton of fun for that player. Are those going to have enough setup that it feels earned? Right. right. Which I think is ideal. And along those lines, there are a handful of cards in this set that are time-based specifically. Like It feels like they are specifically benefiting from elongating the game. And Mm. I don't know if it's like the cause and effect here where... It should games should take longer because you it takes time to get haunted, so it takes time to ramp up. Or if games take longer because these other cards are um, take a while to set up, so then you're finally haunted by the time they go off, like like chicken mm-hmm. and the egg situation. But like yeah. there are uh, in in Geistoid, there's a couple of creatures and a um, an artifact that need time counters, and so the the time counters are something you you put a time counter onto these. Uh, creatures or the artifact, like when you meet certain criteria. So the fact that you literally need them to survive for a couple of turns for mm-hmm. them to do anything, but it's it's not just Geistoid either. In Untamed, one of my uh, my one of my favorite new cards is an artifact. Uh, it's a cauldron, and it says Omni. Put the top card of your deck face up under cauldron. If there are three cards Ooh, under yeah. cauldron, play them one at a time. If they were in your hand, so you can do it in three turns because your your third turn lets you play the the cards underneath it but you you need three turns right. like your first turn and the second turn that you do that absolutely meaningless other than basically archiving a card um that your opponent can deal with with artifact control so there are a handful of things in this set that slow down the game on purpose and and I'm wondering if like I'm excited to see if the payoff will be worth it for these kinds of steps. Yeah, yeah, for sure cuz it's that is that is kind of the opposite. That's the, uh, the having listened to that reminds me it, the inverse of that is what Donut's dad was talking about with the sting and Martian generosity in his uh, world championship build where often the best play against a generosity deck like his is to let you forge the key. But right. if your strategy is such that you are letting your opponent forge keys and that's your best move, like strategically right. your deck is in a pretty good spot. And so this is the kind of flip of that where, which might be balanced in a way where it's like, oh, you can get advantage, but you have to wait several turns <laughs> to get it, which I don't think is going to be something that's like inherently competitive. It's going to be fun to pull off right. the time counter thing uh, in sealed or at locals or whatever. But I, I think I think the stuff that we're going to see people winning winning like vault tours with or whatever our competitive tournament structure looks like in 2024 after four to six weeks of reflection that uh, it's going to be a bit more immediate payoff like the boo combos like spooky combos right and combined, i combined with some other stuff i think those those key cheats are, are going to be especially important because with the dark heart of the forest return <laughs> where if you are haunted you're skipping your forge a key step like how else are right. you going to get keys if you want to be haunted the rest of the time but then also if you're haunted then you're likely pulling off like ecto charge you need a certain number of of uh cards in your discard pile so like it's it's gonna be a situation where i really do think these games are gonna take a bit longer for multiple reasons yeah uh yeah we'll we'll see my games um 
that the games I've played with uh, my deck, which is, I forgot to name it earlier, Bialfi, Brother the Machine, Ingeson, uh this deck, uh, generally, they, they moved along pretty well. They moved along pretty well. I was always doing something. I was always doing something. It gave uh, one of my very good grunt spam decks uh, a run for its money, going one and one uh, against against the grunt spam deck in two very close matchups. So, um, but then again, I'm, this deck is Bravnar Equidon Star Alliance. There wasn't a whole lot of slowdown, sure. a whole lot of slowdown in there. Definitely some Amber control, but not a whole lot of slowdown. Totally. Um, yeah. How does Star uh, Alliance I, feel? It, uh, this, so this setup felt fine. Generally looking at the Star Alliance list, uh, overall for the set, I'm kind of scratching my head and thinking yeah. I don't really want to pull it. Yep. However... I will say I had a lot of fun with this uh, this star this star alliance. We have um, alien horror is just goofy. It's uh, <laughs> three power and it gains plus seven power if you're haunted, <laughs> nice. which is just really thematic. Right? right, you're haunted, so the alien horror gets bigger. Uh, Elliot is this hilarious uh, robot creature that on scrap shuffles all uh, shuffles all upgrades from play into the owner's decks, which Ooh. is just super interesting tech, especially on scrap. Yeah, totally. Right? Um, I have, uh, so that's a really fun one. Um, oh, I have uh, uh, Anachrometer in here, which is, um, uh, I don't honestly remember what it does, but there's a bunch of numbers on the art and it looks like a code. And um, I got really excited because I thought there was a hidden message. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and a good reporter never reveals their source, um, but I may or may not uh, have had it absolutely confirmed to me that there is no secret message. Oh in no! Did you and have I'm like, very like sad. the like the numbers on the wall with like red strings pinned attached from one to another? I, like, <laughs> conspiracy theorist well, numbers. Uh, I I did the I did the the modern equivalent, um, and it's. Uh, I, I have a chat GPT subscription. And so what I did was I typed the code into chat GPT and said, using all commonly available, uh, you know, code cracking methods, please look for a hidden message in this string of numbers. <laughs> and it walked me through all of them and checked all of them and found nothing. It even showed me some of the gibberish that the strings turned into uh, that when is applied with a number. Hilarious. And I love very it. Very sad. And genius. <laughs> it <was> very sad. <laughs> it was oh quite my sad. Gosh. But. It did have some good cards. Um, Strength from Diversity has a pip on it, and it's an action card uh, that has all non-Star Alliance creatures capture an amber. Ooh. Uh, which is uh, actually pretty good. So it's almost a city-state interest, like, you know, sure. a third a third less good, although you're not playing creatures of right. the capturing house on its turn. So I think that's an additional hit against it. But it also has an amber pip, and it enhances a capture pip, and it enhances a discard pip. Wow. So I actually really like Strength from Diversity because it's amber control and a pip on the same card with a capture pip to make up for the fact that non-Star Alliance creatures are capturing with a discard pip, which you just I like that. want plenty of. So yeah, I got two of those. Um, Triangulator Newsome uh, moves amber from Triangulator Newsome's neighbors to the pool. So that's a really great one to set it for. And he's got deploy and Staff Sergeant Ray can can ready and use him on the same turn. So generally, I think I am, I will say, I probably will be, I'd be happy to eat these words. I probably will be disappointed by a lot of Star Alliance uh, going forward. But this list was pretty fun. Oh, and shout out to the super weird rare Necromorph. It's a five power <laughs> shapeshifter with destroyed if Necromorph has a non-Star Alliance neighbor, fully heal Necromorph and destroy that neighbor instead. 
Oh my God. And I've actually really come to appreciate, especially in sealed, uh, creatures that have sticky abilities that sure. aren't totally busted, but the creatures will just stay out and keep right. living almost no matter what, even through board wipes. And Necromorph does that. And I found myself being like, oh, I still have a creature out to reap with, to fight with, uh, that I can keep recycling as long as it's got a non-Starline neighbor. So how does that work so with anything captured on it? Does it keep does it stay alive or is it destroyed and then the the It's it's like- a replacement effect. Okay. So because it's uh, fully heal Necromorph and destroy that neighbor and instead as a destroyed ability. And so Necromorph just stays in the battle line, doesn't move anywhere because uh, its destruction is replaced by healing it and then the neighbor blowing up. That's instead. awesome. Feels and like. And so, if, yeah, if you capture onto it, that's just going to sit there until they can finally kill it when it doesn't Last. have a non Star Alliance. That's yeah. awesome. I like so. that. You're making me feel better about Star Alliance. I I had the same outlook uh, that you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is – oh, and it also has Unprepared, which is uh, uh, Amber Pip, choose a house, send each creature of that house, which I think Radiant Truth or um, uh, one of the other Sanctum action cards from Coda was basically this exact same thing. Sure. Uh, But this is an Amber Pip now, and that's very good as far as tempo goes to stun all creatures of a house that you choose. That's awesome. I think I got all my favorite stuff in this list from Star Alliance. Yeah, right. But, uh, the, the, the proof will be in, in the <laughs> games going forward, as usual. <laughs> you're, you're, you're starting up high. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens next for your next Star Alliance. Right. Pod. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. For sure. So, before we wrap up here, any any last like overarching thoughts about Grim Reminders? Anything anything you want to to predict? Oh wow! Uh, I think. I think Grim Reminders is going to be a great set to get better at Keyforge on because there's going to be decision points everywhere. There's going to be, this is, if you're not good at hand crafting, like doing the math of what cards are left in your deck, what cards you're playing, what houses they are. So you know what you have a chance to draw up into. So you might be able to take bigger turns later. Like if you haven't mastered that math already, Uh like go listen to like, the old KPR episode on it. Yeah. Go listen to any help from future self you can find on the topic. Go listen, go read or uh, old lady Aurora blogs over on timeshapers.com and just get familiar with that and wrap your head around it because uh, you need to be very good at that. Uh, uh, generally speaking, you need to be good at that to make maximum use of discard pips and other discard effects in grim reminders. So I think, I think it's going to be a ton of fun and I think it's going to be a great place to get better at a lot of kind of corner case keywords. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree with you more. Like my, my summarizing thought is also like that, but like flipped on its head where I am going to have to get better at the game of Keyforge because the <laughs> decision making space is so much more, there's so much more minutia in it mm. every single round. Whereas I'm not just thinking about what I'm doing with my card or what cards may be coming up. But every time a card with a discard pip is coming up, I need to decide what I'm getting rid of from my hand. Or if I'm uh, trying to get or stay haunted, that math is also going to have to like sit in the back of my head. Like I feel like there will be a lot more decision space. So I have to get better at the game of Keyforge to one, be able to succeed at Grim Reminders, but two, to let myself enjoy it. Otherwise, it's going to be a a very common thing for me to just make a decision based on like the first thought mm-hmm. that comes into my mind and not all of the different branching effects, the consequences that could happen because of that decision down the line, which I think mm-hmm. your reminders is going to have more of. Yeah. And I, I have an old Dark Tidings deck that I think ends up feeling like a Grim Reminders deck that I've seen Grim Reminders where 
one of the big things is it has two forgive or forget where you can archive up to two, uh, two cards of different types from your discard pile along with two uh, evil dawn or evil twin, Witch of the dawn, which destroys a friendly creature plays and uses a creature from your discard pile. Very powerful. Uh-huh. And the plays that created was when I was playing forgive or forget, I had to think two, three or four turns ahead to go, uh, what's this going to look like? Am I flipping my discard pile by the time like I would play these cards? Do I make a dirty archive with two different houses here, or do right. I get two less powerful cards, but they're in the same they're in the same house? And like, what is the win condition, or what tools do I need against this other deck specifically? And I'm really looking forward to all that kind of thinking with Grim Reminders, especially with Geistoid. I love the, I, I, one of my favorite deck from Grim Reminders will be a deck where I'm interacting with my discard pile all the time, where I just dump everything into the discard pile. I archive some stuff out of it and I build a game plan out of the discard pile uh, with all those tricks. So um, it, it sounds like you pegged your, your two favorite, ho- or your, the two most popular houses correctly then, because that is Geistoid. And un- <laughs> it feels like Geistoid and Untamed yep. in a nutshell. Yeah, historically, that recursion in Untamed has been some of my favorite uh, to use, like Regrowth, uh, which I think is I think is back this set, yep. and you know Nepen Seed, uh, obviously. So I think a deck with those two plus something else is going to be uh, will probably be my my favorite as far as getting to use the discard pile that way. Oh well, I can't wait to find out. But we cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. So I have one for us today, and I'm really excited about this one because it's one that I've been implementing recently on TCO, and it's been teaching me a lot. Speaking of having to get better at Keyforge, I've been practicing mulliganing. Like even if I've drawn a good hand, I'm hitting that mulligan button because especially when I'm going second. Like if I'm going first, mulliganing, it gives me almost the same amount of cards to pick a single card from. It also helps me because I can, uh, I'm going to draw a card at the end of my turn. But if I'm going second and I have to deal with five cards instead of six and have to deal with whatever I get in my hand, it's been a lot harder to, to get my momentum going, but it's been fantastic practice because it's much more of a a thought process of do I get rid of the most cards I have here or is there something good I can make from these five cards that I have? Because it's the math just, it, it seems, even if the math isn't right, but it seems incomprehensibly harder to make a good opening turn out of five cards than it does six. And and mm. I, I don't know why, but I've been practicing that recently just because there's been a lot of decks that I've been into that have a lot of combo pieces. And I want to see how those decks perform if those combo pieces are like, forced into my hand early or if I like need to dig harder to get to them but it's it's just been something I've been trying recently yeah and then the question of maybe this hand isn't great but do I know this deck well enough to know if I could easily have a much worse opening hand especially at one card one card less (laughs) yeah yeah exactly especially like Mm -hmm. when I get a fantastic opening hand and it really does make the the game go wonderfully I I feel like that doesn't test me that doesn't like give me a challenge while I'm playing and I guess right now during this lull I've been kind of looking for ways to give myself a challenge in in uh the way that we're uh waiting to see what kind of challenges we'll be facing next season 
Right, right. Yeah, we don't even can't even right now totally assume what the formats will be. I mean, I assume we'll have Archon Alliance will probably be around, but we just have no information to to practice towards yet. So right, like yeah. I would. I'd be practicing sealed the second that I learn that it's going to be a competitive format. Knock on right. wood. There's there's my <laughs> grim reminders prediction for next year. Give yeah, for sure, for but, sure. Yeah. So we are on Discord and Patreon. The links are in the show notes. You can find me on TCO and Discord as SC Steel and Zach. Tell us everything you and KPR have going on. Yeah, KeyForgePublicRadio.com is the home for. All of that. So if you're not uh, subscribed to KPR, go go do that wherever you listen to podcasts. I also get blogs up. I have guest bloggers sometime. Uh, and you can find KPR, uh, just search Keyforge Public Radio. And honestly, any social media, uh, any social media platform except LinkedIn, I think is probably the only one I haven't taken KPR to <laughs> at this point. So yeah, uh, yeah, give, give, it a, give it a follow. Check out KeyForgePublicRadio.com. And I'm going to not only second that, but if you have anyone you're trying to get into the game, because we have some new players at our local, mm. I suggest sending them to KPR's litany of like, start here, or this is what you need to know if, and there is all, there are a lot of resources on Keyboard Public Radio's like, like variety of media that will help your new player, like get into the game slowly, but surely, and, and possibly even branch out from there. So definitely a shout out for that. But we will be back next week with another episode of Help from Future Self. Until then, stay forging. Help from Future Self. Oh my God, I love when people do that. I'm totally putting that. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>